Jesus here. So today, naked and unashamed. Like I said, I'll get to talking to, about some stuff, but first got to get into the Word because the Word of God needs to come first in our life. Naked and unashamed, that comes directly from this scripture right here. Genesis chapter 2, verse 25, talking about Adam and Eve. Uh, excuse me because I got my sweat rag. Big boys tend to sweat in this room, so I, I tend to sweat. So uh, The Bible says, talking about Adam and Eve, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. Now that means that everything about them was wide open. All of their private parts, all of their personal matters, all of their stuff was out there for all the garden to see, all the animals, all the critters, everyone. They were exposed. Yeah, they didn't feel ashamed, you know? Most of us get out of the shower, first thing we're doing is grabbing a towel, right? To cover it. Well, who are we covering up from? It's just us in there. We don't even want to see ourselves, you know? <laughs> but here they were, everything exposed, and God's perfect place that he created on earth, the, the Garden of Eden, and his perfect presence, and his perfect paradise, they had the opportunity to be fully naked, fully exposed, everything out in the open, and they didn't feel any shame. I believe with all my heart that in his presence, that's how he symbolically still wants us to be. So that every, if need be, every private matter of our heart, even the most secretive recesses of our psyche, the things that we're not comfortable with, should be able to be brought out to the surface, brought out to the open, and not feel any shame. Oh, what a wonderful place to be. Could you imagine a place that you could come and just be you and be imperfect and be vulnerable and be exposed and not have to feel any shame, not have to feel any condemnation? I believe that that's God's desire for the church. I believe that's God's desire for gathering church. And historically, those of you, how many of y'all grew up in church or around church? I did from day one, man, mama had me in church. And we were in church some, some, some years, just about every night of the week we had something going on. And, and, you know, I just, matter of fact, I was about eight years old. I didn't even know if I wanted to go to heaven anymore. I was so tired of going to church, man. I just, you know, <laughs> I mean, what is going on? Do I have to go to church? But historically, church has not been a place that you could really come and be naked and unashamed. You, could, you, you didn't want people to know your business. You didn't want people to find out that you weren't perfect. Because we all got together and we always dressed up and we always looked the part and we came in, said the right things. And if you went to particular churches, you had your own lingo rather than just walking in and saying hi. You had to walk in and say, oh, praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. You know, we, we got our own lingo and all that stuff. You know, glory to God. Hallelujah. Rather than just saying right on. All right. You know, we know we got our we got our lingo. You know, we walk into Walmart, see our friends. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? All of a sudden you see pastor. Oh, praise the Lord, pastor. You know, you can't even ask him how he's doing. You got to say the right words. That's church has become its own soul, subculture. But I really think that in God's heart, this is what he wanted church to be. He created Adam in his own image. And, he, and, and, and exposed. He didn't clothe them in anything, but he created them in his own image. And Adam had an incredible gig. It was better than any man cave. Adam could walk around and name animals. God created all this stuff. 
And he said, Adam, I made you just like me. I get to name things. I get to call things certain things. I, I get to call things anything I want. If I call something, that's what it is. And I made you just like me. So why don't you name the animals? I created them. I'll let you name them. Adam got to walk around butt naked and name animals all the time. <laughs> that's a pretty sweet gig. You know he was pretty lofty about it too, you know. Just, <laughs> oh, I named the hippopotamus. <laughs> oh, go forth, hippopotamus. Oh, giraffe. Oh, stand tall, giraffe. Stand tall and be proud. You are giraffe. Like six days into it, he's just so beat down sitting there, and they're not, like, animals are still lined up, and he's, ah, I, 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 ox, ox, you're an ox. Just go, get out of here. By the next weekend, he's just calling them whatever they can do, you know, fly, you're a fly, <laughs> leave me alone. That's when God's like, take a break, Adam, I should have got to you when you said grasshopper, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, so, you know, so, so as the story goes, God put Adam into a deep sleep. Everyone say deep sleep. Took a rib from him. That's why, you know, I may not be a descendant of Adam because ain't nobody taking a rib off my plate. I get ribs. Ain't nobody taking a rib, man. I love ribs. <laughs> so he took a rib from him, created a woman, even let Adam name her. And, and so we, we know the story where God says, look, you can eat from any, any tree you want. Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and don't eat from the tree of life. So the serpent comes along, right? Serpent comes along. Now notice, I want to I I throw this out there just for your pondering, just for your pondering. Serpent comes along. Let, no, let's backtrack. Let's backtrack. God put him in a deep sleep. Never said he woke up. So going to throw it, throw it out there. Let, you, let, you, let it sit a little bit. Serpent comes along and says, how come, you're, how come you're not eating from these trees? And we all know the story. Eve says, oh, well, if we eat from, the, if we eat from that tree, God says that we're going to die. And he goes, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. So the reason why he doesn't want you to eat from that tree is because he knows if you eat from that tree, you're going to be like him. He doesn't want that. And the Bible says that they believed the serpent and ate. Now, what was original sin? Now, we're taught, Sister Scott taught me in Sunday school with the flannel board and all that stuff back when I was a kid. And I used to listen really hard so I could get those little cookies, you know, the little cookies with the hole in the middle and they're shaped like flowers, like little butter cookies. And then that, that red drink, whatever that red drink was, I don't know, but it was magical and it came in a milk jug and it was cookies and drinks. And I had, to, I had to be quiet and not mess with the flannel board so I could get that stuff. So Sister Scott told me original sin was disobedience because they ate the fruit but now at 47 years old, i got to disagree with Sister Scott. Let me throw this out to you. And this will answer the question why churches, by and large, have not been able to be a place that you can come and be naked or exposed, open, and, and, and feel no shame. This is one reason why churches and, and, and places, houses of worship all over the world are sometimes some of the world's worst of making you feel lesser than. And it's this. Original sin wasn't them eating the fruit. That was a result of original sin. Original sin was this. The serpent said, if you eat this, you're going to be like God. Right? Then the Bible said they believed the serpent. What did they believe? 
they believed the lie that if they ate that, they would be like God. Why? Because in Genesis chapter 1, it said that they were already created like God. That's original sin. Believing you got to do something, be something, act a certain way, talk a certain way, eat a certain thing, pretend a certain way to be like God when God's already created you in his image. That's why we are dead in sin or asleep in sin. Adam was put into a deep sleep, yet Christ came, Jesus Christ, the, the anointed one, the awakened one. Why? To resurrect us or to wake us back up for salvation. What is salvation? So that we can go live in the sweet by and by? Well, no, we do have an eternal abode. We're going to live with them, but that's not the fullness of salvation. The fullness of salvation is so you can wake up to who you are right here in the nasty now and now. Not so much the sweet by and by, but to wake up and realize who you are in God through Christ Jesus. That's why, I don't care if it's Christianity or any major religion, that's why it's so full of legalism and condemnation and judgmentalism is because We've, we've allowed original sin in places of worship for eons. You got to do this to be like God. You just have to be you and allow the Holy Spirit to activate who you are. You can't take any credit for it. You can't even take credit for the faith that you have to, because the Bible says that we're justified by faith, but that's not even our own. That came from God himself, right? So there we are, Adam and Eve. They've eaten the fruit. And what happened? You remember? They did the first. They realized, oh, I'm naked. I'm exposed. And they went and found the mo- one of the most scratchy, uncomfortable things you can find to cover yourself. Did they go for a fern or like some kind of soft fern or, or maybe a nice, elegant vine? No, they go and they find fig leaves that are going to dry out really quick and they make themselves covering. And that's what we do. We find some of the most pathetic things to cover our most private, intimate areas of our hearts and some of our greatest fears and some of our greatest wounds. Maybe we'll buy houses, we'll buy cars, we'll check on bank accounts, we'll get new clothes, we'll, we'll hook up with different friends, we'll, you know, just the social scene, whatever we got to do, we're going to do to cover up the fact that we really hurt, that we really have issues, that we're not perfect. And sure enough, those things wither away over time just like fig leaves do. And so as we know, the story goes... God comes along to have his evening walk with Adam. David preached about that uh, a few weeks back, walking with the Lord. And so here we are. If I can get this to work. Is it working? Am I stuck? Help me, David. Help me. David's coming to my rescue. Maybe I got to. Oh, there we are. Great, great, great. Genesis chapter 3, starting with verse 8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to man, where are you? Now I want to point this out. God knew where Adam was. He could see right through, like, you know, what are you doing? But what he's doing is he's asking Adam to identify where he's at. Why? Because sometimes God needs you to know where you're at. For some of you, that's what he's asking today. Where are you? What are you thinking? Where's your mind at? Is your mind in the past? Are you depressed over the past? Are you feeling anxious about the future? Are you feeling the peace of right now? I realize you're in a different season. Wandra talked about different seasons last week. I realize you're in a different season. 
But where are you? Are you still living in the past? Are you thinking in the future? Or if you're accepting where you're at right now, you'll see my provision all around you. Adam, where are you at? What are you doing, man? You're hiding. I can see you. Where are you at? What are you thinking? What's going on in your mind? What are you processing is what he's asking them. And sure enough, this is what Adam identifies it. Oh, I'm sorry. He says, where are you at? He says, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now, that's a whole juxtaposition compared to chapter 2. Chapter 2, Adam said, woo, I'm naked, and I ain't ashamed. Chapter 3, he's saying, I'm naked, I'm afraid, I'm scared, I'm ashamed, I'm hurting, I don't want to be judged, I don't want you to see me. Now, I love God's response, because God didn't say, you ate the fruit, didn't you? I told you not to eat the fruit, and you ate the fruit. What are you, an idiot? Yeah, he didn't, he didn't act like that. Look at the first thing God asked. Who told you you were naked? I never said anything about your nakedness. I never said anything about that which was exposed. I walked with you every night. Never said a word to you about it. I wasn't worried about it. I just wanted your company. I wanted your relationship. I wanted your heart. I could deal with your nakedness. I could deal with the things that were exposed. I could, I could deal with the most private parts of you. It's okay. I just wanted you. I never told you you were naked. So, so what he's doing here, he's not condemning Adam in the statement. He said, hey, you didn't hear that from me, but you did it. The reason why you feel that way is because you ate the fruit from the tree, didn't you? The fruit I told you not to eat. What he's doing is he's identifying, I didn't tell you you were naked, but you feel ashamed because you believed a lie and ate the fruit. And the lie was that you had to do something to be like me. What already made you like me? Don't give in to that lie. When you understand that you're everything that I created you to be, with all of your imperfections, with all of your struggles, I made you like that because I wanted you to need me. So you were imperfectly perfect. Or maybe we could say you're perfectly imperfect. But God said, no, 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 no. There's no condemnation. Now, he winds up cursing the, the, the serpent. He curses him, actually utters a pretty prophetic word concerning Christ. And then he let Adam and Eve know what the consequences of their actions were. Say, so, oh, he punished Adam and Eve. No, I don't, I don't believe that. The, the Bible says that the fullness of the wrath of God was poured out on the cross. I don't believe God is trying to punish you for anything today. Sorry if that messes with anyone's theology. He's not. Now, are there consequences? Yes, every action that we do has consequences or comes with a sequence. That's Latin, con, meaning with, you know, like chili con carne. Huevos <laughs> con chorizo, right? Oh, huevos con chorizo. Eggs with chorizo sausage. So, you know, chili con queso, right? Chili with cheese, so con with sequence, a sequence of things. So if you, have, if you do an action, it will come with a sequence of other things to follow. Consequences. That's what it means. So your actions are either going to bless you or curse you. It's that simple. It's not God punishing you. It's just the way he set the system up. So I don't believe he punished Adam and Eve. 
I believe their actions came with consequences. But before he sent them out, he covered their nakedness. He didn't want, you to, he didn't want them to go out and have to feel shame. He didn't, want, he didn't want them to have to be looked down on. It says, and the Lord God made clothing from animal skins for Adam and his wife. Not only did he make clothing, he made it out of what? Animal skins. He put them in leather. <laughs> he covered them in style. Not only does God, not only is God okay with the most private areas of your life being exposed, and he wants you to feel free, because if he's not condemning you, who cares what anyone else says, right? But he's going to cover you with so much beauty and grace and style and love. Exactly how is he going to go about doing that? Well, first of all, Romans 8 and 1 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation. Anyone feel condemnation for anything you're struggling with in this life? It's not coming from him. And I love this. First Peter, man, Peter knew what it meant to be deeply loved. And he knew what it meant to blow it big time. First Peter, 4 and 8, most important of all, most important of all, not just a little bit, but a lot of it, most important of all, continue to show deep love, not just love, but man, deep love for each other. For love covers a multitude of sins. How is it that God's going to cover up some of your flaws, cover up some of your most private things in life, he's going to cover you with love. That way, we can get back to in his presence, being naked and unashamed. I believe with all my heart that that's what he wants with Gathering Church. We're coming up on two years. That's awesome. Two years. And, and Hal and I were talking in the back. Ooh, the terrible twos. <laughs> Let me tell you something. The terrible twos have started early around here. In other words, hey, we're a community of believers, and we're human beings, and where there's human beings, there's imperfections, and there's flaws, and there's trials, and there's issues, and God is so good, he gives us this incredible word, the Bible, that has so many wonderful templates that we work so hard to try to achieve, try to match up with, try to conform to. And really, the truth of the matter is, sometimes no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you pray, no matter how spiritual you try to walk, no matter how much you believe and study and read the Word of God, no matter how much you attend church, no matter how much you do the right thing, sometimes life just doesn't match up to those templates. And he understands. Because his grace is sufficient, and his mercy endures forever. And, and, and I don't believe God wants this gathering to be like, unfortunately, so many places have been in the past, you know, where we have more, we have more acceptance and love of trees than we do for human beings, you know? We can go, like, I could dismiss right now, we go take a field trip, go back here on River Legacy Trails right behind us on the other side of that lake. We go walking. Most of you have ridden your bike or walked those trails and, and seen the beauty. And we look at the trees, this, this chaotic covering of trees that's out there 
you know? It's wonderful. It doesn't even feel like you're in the middle of the big city. And we look at these trees, and we don't think anything about it. We just see beauty. And yet these trees, we accept them for what they are. Some trees are standing tall and healthy and proud. Other trees are just having issues growing. And then some trees are all crooked and mangled because they're, you know, and we look at it, and we don't think anything about it because we know, oh, that tree was trying to get some sunlight. So it was, you know, it grew up this way. And other trees are about to fall over. They're just not doing too well. And, you know, it's just we see all of this, and we go, what a beautiful walk out in beautiful nature. And then we get to this side of the lake, and we're like, look at this big mess of people around here. I can't stand them. You know? We have more patience with trees and their imperfections than we do with people. We need to learn to love people the way that we love trees. And just accept the fact that, you know what, everyone's had conditions that they've grown up in. Everyone's had different situations and circumstances. There's a reason why some of us are crooked. There's a reason why some of us are not full grown. There's a reason why some of us are about to fall over. It's because we've all been in different stages of duress. And yet I believe that God wants us to be a house that you could be exposed, that you can come and feel secure to talk about the dirtiness of life. You know, things on this side of glory. I believe that we will see perfection one day. I believe that we will be in his presence. I've got a mom and a dad and a brother that are already there. I believe I will be reunited with him. It's going to be a glorious day, but he ain't done with me here. But in the meantime, the sweet by and by sounds great, but the nasty now and now is very real, and it's okay to talk about it, and it's okay to deal with it, and I want all of you to be able to talk about yours and deal with it if that's what you need to do, you know? And uh, Wanda Johnson, who was here last week, I love her to death. I was so glad she was able to come. Uh, she's such, just such a dear friend to me. Uh, she, has, she has a saying when you're talking to her and you're letting her know you're going through something or whatever, she's like, oh, she'll go, child, I've been there and got the T-shirt. You know? You can tell a lot from what, you can tell a lot from what the T-shirts people wear. You know? Some of you, now think about this. Everyone kind of think really hard. And you've seen this. You go out to the pool during the summer, you're walking around, you see someone, and they got a Montego Bay t-shirt on, and you take note of it. Next time you see them, they got a Grand Cayman t-shirt on, and you start suspecting something. Next time you see them, they got a Cozumel t-shirt on. Well, what do you deduce? You've been on a carnival cruise, haven't you? How many of y'all ever done that carnival cruise, the, 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 the Caribbean, or even Royal Caribbean, all that? You, you go to Montego Bay, back up to Grand Cayman, over to Cozumel, Carnival, man, it's just a big floating golden corral, isn't it? and we go nuts on those things. I don't know why. And we'll wear the t-shirts proudly, right? But life t-shirts, we don't like to wear. We don't like people seeing that collection of t-shirts. And that's all right. This is a place that you can show your t-shirt if you need to. It's a place that you can, metaphorically speaking, be naked and unashamed. I don't want anyone ever to walk in here and hang their head low because of anything they're going through in life. I love you guys beyond words. There's not a day that I'm not lifting you up praying for you. I didn't ask for this. God orchestrated this. This relationship he's blessed me with with this community. And I don't want anyone ever 
to feel ashamed of their nakedness or private things needing to come out. Because sometimes you've got to talk. Sometimes you've got to have someone to bounce things off of. And this is a place, let it be known, if it wasn't previously known, let it be known starting today that this is a place that you can come and be naked and unashamed. Why? Because I want the presence of God so real in this place when we get together. And in his presence, his presence there's liberty, there's full of fullness of joy, there's freedom, and we need to exhibit it. And let it start, if we're going to set it, if we're going to set precedent, let it start with the pastor.